Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Chancha. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hello, friends, Romans, countrymen. I want you to lend me your ears for this episode of The Next Generation. Why? Because we are traveling to... Roman land, which I guess, now thinking of it, Roman land was a lot of land, but more specifically, the land just outside of Rome. Today, both in our great discussion, in our interview, we will be chatting all about wines from the Frascati area, from the Castelli Romani. And before we get to our interview, which takes a little turn in terms of wine discussion, a modern turn at that. I wanted to talk a little bit about Malvasia del Lazio. So Malvasia del Lazio used to be known as less desirable variety due to its low yields, and it was therefore edged out by the lower quality Malvasia Bianca di Cambia in the Frascati blends. Wow, so the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 book is sharing the facts that the lower quality Malvasia Bianca di Candia, I don't know if you agree with that, but the book says it, was chosen over Malvasia del Lazio. But nowadays, Malvasia del Lazio is gradually being rediscovered as a variety that gives higher quality wines. And you'll find them in the wines of the winery in our interview coming up. Will I spoil it for you? Your question, you already know because you're listening to this podcast. So this Malvasia is named after the region of Lazio, where most of its plantings are found. It is also known as Malvasia puntinata, puntinata meaning speckled in Italian, for its spotted berries when ripe. Malvasia del Lazio comes from a natural crossing between Schiava Grossa and Moscato d'Alessandria, which endows it with a lightly aromatic character. Now, when it comes to Malvasia del Lazio in the vineyard, it can drop its acidity precipitously once it becomes overripe. So harvest time is very, very, very crucial for this Malvasia. It is a miserly producer, which leads to its lack of popularity among quantity-oriented producers. I love that sentence. (laughs) Yet forcing quantity with this variety proves to be disastrous as overcropping significantly dilutes its delicately aromatic personality. And when it comes to the glass, its dry varietal wines show notes of sage and ripe citrus fruit. On the palate, it is blessed with a creamy texture and nuances of beeswax and resin. As it welcomes noble rot, late harvest as well as pasito versions can easily be some of the best wines Italy has to offer. Wow, I've never had one. I'm very curious now. 
When it comes to specific styles, Malvasia de Lazio is a still dry white wine, most of all. Blends are more easily found with monovarietal wines being rare. So like Frascati, like what we mentioned before, it's a blend of different grapes, but with a good bit of Malvasia de Lazio. Unfortunately, Malvasia de Lazio was often blended with two lesser quality yet productive varieties, Trebbiano Toscano and Malvasia Bianca di Candia, to make the once famous Frascati. Happily, producers are all again recognizing that Malvasia de Lazio can significantly heighten the quality of the wines. And the wine's once tarnished reputation is slowly being restored. So without further ado, it's time for the interview. Hello, everyone. We are at Venitaly sitting down with Bruno. Ciao, Bruno. Ciao. Hi. Wonderful. Hi, and Bruno is with Casale Vallechiesa Winery. And can you tell us a little bit about where your winery is and uh, its story? So I'm Bruno Gasperini and uh, I'm the managing director of uh, Casale Valle Chiesa Winery. We are located exactly in uh, Frascati, so around five kilometers from Rome. We are the, an historical winery of our land, so that is two-school land, but uh, because we are five generations of winemakers. My grand-grandfather started these activities in the 1880. But instead of this, uh, we are also the most innovative wineries of Lazio region because we were the first in uh, introducing the blockchain technology inside the wine business and the Lazio wine business. So uh, our most important characteristic, we can say, is the passing from the wine cart because my grand-grandfather started producing and selling the wine with the barrels on the wine cart of old taverns of Rome. And we, we are passed from this to the blockchain. So it's an epochal, we can say, an, an epochal transaction. Amazing. And so did you grow up in the Frascati area? We, I, so I grew up in Frascati area. And in, in our area, the most important characteristic of our area is there. Where we are, it used to be an old volcano. So our vineyard and our wines are uh, uh, volcanic wines. So they have... Uh, important characteristics about minerality and stability so it's also an historical land because if you if you make a dig in the soil uh, one meter of dig you find uh, something about Rome <laughs> pieces of Rome <laughs> no that's really true I mean it's it's funny when everyone just visits Rome it, like the city it's like you're wondering why you don't have like underground garbage systems because it's like you're going to destroy a temple <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you find something you find very something. That's awesome. So what was it like growing up around the winery? So I think that growing up around the winery can be something great, but uh, at the same time is something that uh, can change your uh, vision of the world because you are, uh, uh, your habits sometimes are, are uh, linked to, the, to your reality. Sometimes you don't have a, a, a global vision. So... Uh, you have to, to, to try and to, to, to go uh, forward your limits to understand what the other sectors are making to do the best, I think, in the wine industry. For me, for example, I, I like, so I'm in the wine business, in the wine industry, but uh, I have made a lot of uh, business ventures, we can say. I like to, defi to define myself a serial entrepreneur because uh, uh, I'm an eclectic character. 
<laughs> so I tried, uh, I launched some startups and other, other uh, collateral business, we can say. So I think the most important things now for the wine entrepreneurs is to keep what uh, the best from the other sectors and put in the put it in the in the wine sectors to innovate and to push your uh, creativity. Interesting. So, if you don't mind, if I ask, what other kinds of businesses and and how did you bring it back to wine? So, for example, uh, I launched a brand of uh, diet supplement uh, using the grapes. So, it's the first diet supplement for. Uh, uh, det the detox of the protein from the protein diet. If you are uh, an athlete, if you are uh, somebody that uh, play some sports like uh, I don't know uh, combat sports or or you have to do a strictly diet, you can use this this diet supplement called vitamin detox that is based that is produced by the grapes for. Uh, expelling the toxins the toxins of the of the protein that's so fascinating and so in making that um supplement do you you use the must or, uh, or do you need the whole grape like how what is it based on you can use uh, all the grapes so we can use the vitis vinifera mm -hmm. the main part of this diet supplement is uh, is composed by vitis vinifera mm -hmm. so it's the um, you can say uh, it's every part of the of the grapes the skins and also the the leaves you can use everything amazing so it, it kind of um comes back to like that closing like in the circular economy right yes. it's like finding another life for the grapes after you make wine yes it's a very circular economy and i think is the real essence also of the sustainability are you enjoying this podcast don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. That's I, I love that's coming up and it's a big discussion, you know, I, there's the more obvious examples like grappa, right? Like that's like one way to, to close that circle. But to see a diet supplement is so cool. I was not expecting that when you were talking about the businesses. And wait, so what did you study in school? Did you study? Uh... Let's say my formation, my study was uh, economic study. Okay. So I'm not a typical, uh, uh, we can say, winemakers mm -hmm. because... Uh, I like the business part. Okay. My formation, my study are uh, economic study, for business degree and these kinds. But I think that it's not important in the study, but the most important thing is to try. Bring what you have. I put it, my big passion, that is the sport. And uh, my question was what I love and what I know. I have the grapes. What I love is the sport. Then how can I match? these two elements in one to create something for uh, making some business and, and create something that can bring values to the market. This was my route. Yeah, no, it's in incredibly innovative. And the reason I asked about your studies, I was just wondering if you had some kind of science background, but I love that this was genuinely from passion. And we're seeing that kind of as a trend, right? Like, uh, not trend in a bad way. I mean, in, in a good way that like, 
we see, you know, music inspiring people through wine and, uh, um, I don't know, it's like everyone, there's always something that brings, like wine marries with somehow and for you, the sport, it's just, that's super cool. And where can you find the? Is this supplement something that's like prescribed or like? Do, can you just find it on shelves? You, you can. It's a natural supplement, uh-huh. so you don't have a prescription, prescription and uh, you can buy it from uh, uh, in um, para pharmacy. Para pharmacy. So it's a, a natural supplement. You can use it without any limits. You can say. Wow! Super cool. Now I'm gonna. Kind of turn the conversation a little bit. I know you're very, very smart, clearly. Very serious business side. But we all know that you work hard and play hard. And you seem like someone who travels a lot and eats well and drinks well. So I want to... <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I takes one to know one, okay? <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about like what you do for fun? Where do you like like to hang out? Do you go to Rome? Like wine bars, anything? So um, when you go to Rome, uh, what I like is to um, to visit what we have, you know, because sometimes um, I, I travel a lot. You, you say the uh, writing. I travel a lot. So sometimes when, uh, when I came back in Rome, I say to myself that I don't know nothing about Rome. So I go uh, everywhere. And uh, I visit every part of the world, uh, United States, Canada, Europe, everything. But I don't have the time to visit my place, my home, is Rome. So when I have time, the, the things that I love to do is the, to visit the, what we have. For example, our, uh, our monuments, our villas, because I know that, that I know only the 10% of the... Of, of my city of Rome, so this is and, and when I want to in Rome, you have the a lot of you can say offer for uh, drinking and eating. So and also my area that is Roman castles is Frascati yeah. area. We I think that if you want to eat the best dishes, the best of Rome, you have to go in uh, Frascati area because here you have the best. For heating, for drinking, you have the, the the green, you have the the vineyards, you have a beautiful uh, skyscraper, beautiful lands. You see the skyscraper of Rome from our uh, part because we are uh, three three hundred meters uh, upside the the sea, and we see every part of Rome from where we are. Uh, it makes you think like. We have that saying in America, the grass is greener on the other side. And it's literally frascati. It's like <laughs> over there. No, but it's so true because it's like if you're going to eat the really amazing Roman dishes, you might as well be in an ambiance that's like more relaxed and natural. Of course, I love Rome. I love Rome. It's beautiful. And it reminds me, I lived in New York for a while. And I always say like why people try to say, oh, Milan's New York. I'm like, no, it's Rome because it's chaotic. It's big. And it, yes, you cool. never will learn the whole place, no matter how long you live there is so big but i totally understand you because i was in that position when i was back in new york and in new jersey and uh it was like people were like oh so what do you do and i'm like i don't really i'm always like traveling and doing things like i don't know what's happening now anymore like <laughs> um but so that totally makes sense but i've never been to frascati uh still which is crazy i will come i will come um but anyways so 
I would like to take this opportunity towards the end of our interview to ask to let you have the floor with anything you'd like to share about the future. About the future of uh, of what? Of, uh, the f- okay. The wines, the wine, or uh... I will say two part two part question. Okay. Of your winery. Okay. And then of the future of wines in Lazio. Mm. Because Great. yeah. For our winery, I think that uh, the future will be uh, absolutely digitalized. Because now we are the first in Italy and the first in the Lazio region to have traced all our production supply chain in blockchain. So we have made before an NFT linked to a sparkling wine. Malvasia del Lazio sparkling wine and it was sold for uh, has been sold for uh, around for uh, for 500 dollars. Oh wow. Yes. For different cases wait, of 450 wait, wait. in Italiano. 450. Wow. 450 dollars because it was uh, it has been bought in um, Ethereum. And the conversion was for $1,500. This is the NFT project. And now the next step was the the traceability of all the supply chain in blockchain. So we have let uh, the maximum contact with the consumer because in this way the consumer can know which grapes is inside the bottles that he's drinking. So it's a the the best way to uh, feel directly in contact with the with the winery. That is very 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 interesting. And so this is the. That is no, it's incredible. I've never I've never had a discussion about NFTs and wine like this before. Probably because it, it's just not in my you know frame of knowledge. That's not my skill set. But that's really fascinating because I'm I personally am so dedicated to how producers and consumers connect. And you're finding that invisible, literally, yes. way. Is uh, what what you do? You know, kilometer zero. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. This is the I say the kilometer zero, three dot zero, three point zero. So it's the new era of the kilometer zero. Absolutely. No, that's that's incredible. And so, um, do you see this happening with other wineries in in your area or in Lazio? Not really. This not really because um, it's a team that you have to understand. So now we are trying to do uh, a big work of communication and education about this 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 argument. We can say this uh, of the blockchain and also the value that the blockchain can bring to the consumer to the winery. But I think that in uh, three years the new certification for, for example, the denomination like DOC, DOCG, will will be all totally in blockchain. Amazing. And that's amazing to see it happen in a place like Frascati, because for me, I think the wines um, of Frascati in Lazio in general are so still underrated on the market. And if we can get more sneakily in there to <laughs> put it more on the market, I am here for it. Um, and so for the second question, how do you how do you see the future of wines in Frascati in Lazio? I think that the the wine of Lazio will have a big increase in the next year because I see that the market is uh, is uh, searching for something new. 
the famous brands as they they customers the clients but now they are consolidated and uh, i see that the the medium consumer wants something easier something more uh, in of impact and uh, i see that uh, they are searching for something some new lands some new regions so the lazio with the power of rome because we have something that nobody can uh, copy that is rome rome power <laughs> we can do a lot so, we can do a lot it's so true and that's how i feel i feel like it's almost been ironic because you have like this power of rome and outside you have amazing wine and wine history but it's been kind of in the shadow but you also have that power of rome to be like hey just go five kilom kilometers ten kilometers and then as you push people they'll go further and further and you know maybe skip going all the way down to the Amalfi Coast, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, everyone loves the Amalfi Coast, but you know what I mean? It's like we have beautiful places so close by for great wine and food and everything. But yeah, thank you so much, Bruno. This was a pleasure. I learned so much. <laughs>